this is, hold on, I have this really great quote that's actually my lock screen. I see this message every day. It says, show up for people, offer what you can, be unselfish, love people when they need it, even when you feel they don't deserve it. Be a healer, be kind, show up for people, because when you're hurting, you'll want someone to show up for you. Showing up for people isn't always easy. We get caught up in our own lives, and sometimes we can't be bothered to look at those around us, especially those in need. We encounter them on our way to work or school, we walk past them, or they may be thousands of miles away, and we gloss over them when we see their stories online. But what's probably stopping us from helping is the idea that we can't really make an impact, that we don't have enough. But that very idea is a misconception that Jen Duong and the phenomenal founders at Good Today are working tirelessly to disprove. This is the story of Jen Duong, immersive director and producer, and the head of content at Good Today. This is Camille. And this is Maverick. And this is Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action. From the lens of today's most inspiring humans. I was bullied for being different. I always felt like I wasn't ever in the accelerated class with the smart kids and the other Asians. And then I wasn't white enough to be white, but I wasn't Asian enough to be Asian. Jen is a first-generation Asian-American. She grew up in Albuquerque in New Mexico. And you must be thinking, that's pretty random. At least that's what Jen hears a lot when she tells people where she's from. It was the state that sponsored my parents after the Vietnam War. Jen says her parents arrived in America about two years after the war had ended. Even looking back now, I'm still at the point where I've spent majority of my life in New Mexico. Growing up there, it was just, I wish I had better words to describe it. Like, it was beautiful. I just remember, like, we had these outrageously gorgeous sunsets, but it was very much a small town feel in a city. I felt like everyone knew everyone. And even today, when I bump into the very few people that also grew up in New Mexico, it's like they'll say where they went to high school. And I'm like, I know exactly where that is. And all the restaurants, you know, like it's just one of those really small towns. But in spite of Jen's affinity for her hometown, at some point, she caught herself in a cultural battle. I look at my childhood and it was like we were very traditional. Now, looking back when I was in high school, it's like my mom became more Americanized. My half-siblings don't speak Vietnamese. Vietnamese was my first language. And that's like the foundation of my childhood. And then, honestly, in middle school, somewhere along the way, I really fell in love with the idea of acting. I remember I was way too young to be watching this show, but I was watching Grey's Anatomy with my mom, and that would be like our thing on Wednesday night. You all right, Dr. Gray? Yeah, Dr. Bailey. Hi. Just. You look beautiful. But you look awesome. And I was 
like an eight or nine year old that really had no idea what was happening in the show, except I remember seeing Sandra O. Oh, and I thought, wow, she is so cool. What are you doing now? Are we still doing the thing where I have to tell you every little move? Never gets old. I am isolating the appendix. Grace Anatomy made Jen think she wanted to be a heart surgeon. But then she quickly realized that it wasn't going to work out because she wasn't really good at science. And so I was like, I'll be an actor. And that whole mindset actually is what really paved a huge part of the beginnings of my career. Because when I moved to California right before high school, I went into high school going, I want to do theater arts, I want to act, and all of that. And I was pretty gung-ho on acting until my sophomore year. And I just realized, I'm like, I understand this. I studied a couple of different methods of acting. I was trying to go to summer camps about acting, but it was a really heartbreaking realization to realize I will never be as good as I need to be at this to make a career out of it. Jen says it was an earth-shattering realization she had as an angsty teenager. But I talked with my drama teacher, who is today is actually a very close friend of mine and who growing up was a huge mentor for me. And he kind of pointed out, like, in class, I would always give really great notes. And I had a great eye when it came to looking at the holistic accumulation of a performance in terms of, like, set design, lighting, bringing the actors together and finding levels in a scene. And he was the one who kind of planted the seed of, like, you should look into becoming a director. And so she started paying a little bit more attention to visual arts. When we would have our all-school big performances, I started wanting to like capture moments and I would see how like some of the parents would film the show and I'd be like, I could do a better job. And so I started borrowing cameras from our media department and filming the show and taking photos and then selling those back to the parents. And I also was designing sweatshirts on the side and all of that combined. I raised enough money to buy my own camera, which was really great. When Jen got her camera, she started researching how to use it online. She pulled her friends from the drama department, and with her first camera, she made her own film. Needless to say, I wanted to become a filmmaker. And when I applied to colleges, I applied under the film schools. And I actually was committed to Tisch for film and television production. Tisch School of Arts is New York University's performing, cinematic, and media arts school. But because of a misstep which disqualified her from getting financial aid, Jen ended up not going to NYU. Instead, she went to community college. You know, there's a really bad stigma around community college, which I didn't fully understand. But like at the end of the day, I think it was one of the best things that could have happened to me. I met so many immigrants, undocumented students, and people who I've never seen work so hard for something and being surrounded by students like that it was really inspiring and it made me really appreciative of what other people go through while in college jen worked multiple jobs she was working as a videographer at a social media marketing company and was also doing business development for a startup and it was through the startup that i started to hear about this crazy thing called virtual reality and 
me again being really young and naive and pretentious and closed-minded was like virtual reality sounds dumb who's gonna put on a headset to watch an experience filmmaking is the medium television's the medium this is stupid <laughs> but when she caught the news of facebook acquiring oculus an american tech company for two billion dollars she started looking into it What we're doing at Oculus is trying to create the world's best virtual reality headset designed very specifically involved in Oculus now because we see an incredible opportunity here for game developers. So I recently had a chance in person to check out the Oculus headset and needless to say, I'm a believer. Look at these VR headsets and head-mounted displays and this is the first one that I've seen that I was truly impressed with. At an event, Jen put on a virtual reality headset. And I watched a film called Perspective by Rose Troche. And it's a date rape film. So it's about date rape, but told from the male perspective and the female perspective. And the experience itself was so visceral that I kind of, I remember like tearing up and I was like, this is, I get it now. This is it for me. She came to the conclusion that VR could be used as an empathy machine for storytelling. From there, Jen's career took off. She co-founded Women in VR, a community-based group that's all about supporting women and underrepresented groups in tech and media. I actually worked for a production company called Riot, which was acquired by AOL Huffington Post. And through Riot, I met Molly Swinson and we became dear friends and she very much took me under her wing. And Molly actually told me about this nonprofit called Good Today that she was working with. And she was like, actually, this could be really interesting for you. We're looking for a head of content. Molly Swenson is an American entrepreneur, musician, and Emmy Award-winning producer. Riot is comprised of filmmakers and journalists and humanitarians and non-traditionalists. We've never been afraid of taking a stance and providing a call to action. And we're not afraid to utilize new technology to tell a better story. The use of new technology to better humanity bleeds into the mission of Good Today. It's a platform that gives anyone in the world a chance to be a philanthropist with as little as one quarter a day. When the opportunity presented itself for her to be head of content, it seemed like this would just be perfect combination of all of the things that Jen loves doing. That's Hannah, Jen's girlfriend. She loves creating content. She loves giving back. She loves raising awareness about issues in society. She loves giving and she's a giver in so many aspects of her life, like whether she's helping her friends move or she, you know, is taking a role at a nonprofit that is revolved around giving back to local communities. As head of content, Jen has been at the forefront of identifying and creating new ways to make an impact. Good Today is a 501c3 nonprofit platform that's all about democratizing philanthropy, which in layman's terms is our nonprofit solely exists to amplify other nonprofits. There are a few offerings right now, but all based around the same model. And the whole idea is to do a little good every day. So you sign up for Good Today like you'd sign up for Netflix. And every day, you'll receive an email with the cost of the day and two charities to choose from. 
And that could be this super rare disease or it could be pride related, really anything that's happening that's relevant. And there are two charities that support that cause in a different way. And all you had to do was click donate. And we, in our backend, would allocate that quarter. The idea behind the platform was to make giving frictionless and to make it a daily habit. And so the way we fill out our cause calendar is actually we take relevant news, what's happening around the world, and try to incorporate that in. We also look at, is today a significant day? Is it a historical person's birthday? And that actually fills up a good chunk of our calendar. And then we look for a lot of causes that don't really get much visibility, you know? Like you hear a lot about breast cancer, but you hear about a neuro disease that only affects 12% of the population where research funding is really sparse. And so we try to get in a good mix, but what's been really interesting and fun is hearing feedback from our community of like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know this happened. I didn't realize there were a bunch of tornadoes hitting the Midwest until I got Good Today and I looked it up on the news and it's all over the news. Good Today recently launched their service via Slack. When a company signs up, employees receive a message every morning with the cost of the day and two featured charities. All they have to do is click on one of them. Not only are employees educated with issues and causes around the world, but they are also given this incredible power to choose where their company's charitable dollars go. We're working towards getting 10,000 people on our platform. We have a couple thousand right now. But if 10,000 people are donating 25 cents every day, that's $2,500 that goes to charity. So on a monthly basis, once we hit that 10,000 user threshold, every month that means we've donated $75,000 to charity. When it comes down to it, Good Today is all about making a life-changing impact by doing something that may seem so little. And even when Jen's not working on Good Today, she recognizes what a small act of kindness can do. If I can take five to 10 minutes out of my day to do something that's going to make someone else's life a lot easier, like just do it. I know it sounds really simple, but it's like, When I go and visit my mom, like she's an hour away from me, but I know it takes me no time to call her and be like, hey, is there anything from the grocery store I can cook for you? That's going to save her like 30 minutes of running around with two other kids and trying to cook dinner. Even like when I'm walking on the streets and I see someone who's homeless and we're right by a coffee shop, you can have your thoughts and opinions on homelessness, but it costs you $3 to buy them a coffee or get them a bottle of water. Just be a good person and be empathetic when you can. And if you truly execute on that, you'll find yourself doing things that you wouldn't even consider an act of kindness, but someone else would. Jen is far from done with helping other people make a difference. Good Today is actually building out texting as a way for subscribers to donate to charity. If you want to learn more about how you can be an everyday philanthropist, starting with one quarter a day, please head on over to goodtoday.org. 
That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Remember, be good to one another. This show is produced by Human Group Media, an award-winning social good podcast company. Human Group Media works with thought leaders, brands, and organizations to inspire social change through the power of audio storytelling.